0: There are three cold email tactics that actually do more harm than good. And in this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to go there. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready. Because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our email program. Gonna be talking all about it at the end of the podcast. But if you happen to be impatient like me, feel free to visit your slash 10 emails. Alright, so we're gonna get right down to business. We're gonna be talking about three cold email tactics that actually hurt you. And they're tactics that everybody and their mother, they're doing these. So they're not, there's going to be no left hooks here. I promise you, you've heard of these tactics. So you ready? The very first cold email tactic that does more harm than good. Tactic number one. Is when you utilize subject lines that list both your company name and your prospect's company name. Let me say it again. I'll give you an an example of what I'm talking about too. So subject lines that list both your company name and your prospect's company name. So example, if let's just say I'm trying to contact the ABC company, The name of my company is castane training systems so in the subject line there would be abc company and castane training systems now the reason why these do more harm than good first of all they're extremely and I mean like all caps extremely typical these are used abused i mean to the point of exhaustion i'm going to tell you if the recipient is like me i own a business and it would blow your mind how much people sound the same to a decision maker and when you're getting the same thing over and over again day in and day out you tend to give it an eye roll So I I believe it's an eye-roll-inducing type of maneuver. But even more importantly than that, I believe it triggers a really bad stimulus response type of um, vibe between you and the recipient. And what I mean is because they have been on the receiving end of so many of these, they know the minute they see it, it's somebody trying to sell me something. So the stimulus is that shitty subject line, and the response is disregard, and more often than not, delete. So the way we're going to do this podcast today, I, I mean, I can't stand it when a lot of the time this happens in blogs but um, on podcasts where the host is just ranting and pissing and moaning. I really don't want it to to, to go down that road. I'm certainly going to give you my opinion, but I also want to tell you what I think is a better way of doing it because it's it's always easier to complain about something, but you know the challenge many times is, all right, well, what's the solution? We know it sucks, right? So I'm going to tell you what I think would be a much better way to go than that. Did I mention it was a shitty subject line, by the way? Putting the prospect's company name and yours. I mean, it just lacks any degree of creativity. I think you would be much better off referencing something relevant to the recipient, something that you learn in your research. You know, a lot of sales reps, if uh, we're talking about cold calling, if you were to say to them, hey, you know, it's kind of important that you do your homework and do a little research before you pick up the phone, most of them say, yeah, well, duh, sales one-on-one." But if you offer the same advice when it comes to sending an email, most sales reps don't do their homework before sending them an email for whatever reason, right? Who cares? Who knows? Who cares why? But it just happens. So you definitely want to do your research and you don't want to spend three years doing it either. You want to become a, professional research analyst but certainly enough to find something relevant to uh, the recipient so i'm going to give you a couple of examples of how i might do a different subject line and make something relevant to the recipient so let's just say i'm doing my research and i see that they have a product launch that's going to be coming up and they're talking an awful lot about it. Now, that's one of the trigger events that I look for. And just in case you haven't heard, I don't know, about 50,000 of um, of my statements about trigger events. A trigger event is something that's going on in their world that you know could lead to a higher probability of them needing your product or service. And in my line of work, a product launch could be a trigger event, why? Well, because I do sales training. And if they have a new product coming out, they might need a different playbook, right? And I could certainly help them with that. So I noticed that in, in my research that they have a product launch. So in the subject line, what I could do is I could put just simply your the name of the product, right? Your X1000 product launch, right? Simple, elegant, to the point, right? of a lot better than saying uh, ABC Company and Castane Training Systems, right? So that's one thing. Let's just say, right? Let me give you another example. If I'm contacting someone, I could put in the subject line Dunder Mifflin's expansion because expansion could be a trigger event if what you do can help them either directly or indirectly with that expansion well guess what that's relevant to them and it's extremely current because if they're experiencing that expansion now chances are that they're talking a lot about that and it's on their brain So if you're going to interrupt them from doing something, and please understand that whether we call or we email or we hit them up on LinkedIn or whatever, nine out of 10 times, we are interrupting them from doing something else. Well, then why not make it about something that they've been talking about at least that day and they've been thinking about at least, you know, that same day. So, you know, again, it could be Dunder Mifflin's expansion. It could be, um, let's just say you're a printer. And you've been going after the Anacot Steel Company. Anybody remember that from Wall Street? 1987 classic. Charlie Sheen, before he was a train wreck. So, let's just say you're a printer. And you notice that Anacot Steel has this really cool new website, man. They just upgraded that bitch. It's looking great. See, that's a trigger event. If you're in the printing industry, because you see, if they just went and did a whole remodel, remake of their uh, of their website, well, guess what? What about their collateral? Right? They it might need a facelift too. Need to get into the damn 21st century. So let's just say you notice that about Anacott Steel. So in the subject line of that email, it could be Anacott Steel new website. Do you see? I'm not going to quit my day job here to write subject lines but a subject line that references something relevant to the recipient is going to have a much higher probability of getting open that email is going to have a higher probability of getting open than something that is tired and cliched like anacott steel and Castang training Company, right? See, like it's just boring the shit out of me just having to say that. So let's uh let's move off of that one before I throw the hell up. The next one, the next email tactic that will limit you would be these god awful breakup emails. I hate them, I really do. And again, and you're gonna notice a theme here when I gave you the reasons. Why I feel that those subject lines that, you know, have their name in it and your name in it, and and even by the way, I didn't say this before. Sometimes you see with the two names of the company, they'll put, you know, potential partnership. Yeah, just why don't you just, you know, tattoo it on your forehead that you're trying to sell them something. Right? So that that's a no good. But these breakup emails, right, are very typical. And what I was starting to say before, before I went on this uh this uh tangent is you're going to see this theme of me pointing out things that are typical remember a decision maker is being carpet bombed with sales messaging day in and day out and seriously you know what i have to say that i always had an idea that they might be and i always i mean really almost back to day one i always try to be a little different in my approach to potential customers because I always wanted to stand out but I never truly respected how much messaging a decision maker is subject to and how much of that messaging seems identical until I started Castane Training Systems 11 years ago seriously it's it's just nutty so again typical and you know Even if you disagree with that, this is one thing that I'm hoping I get a head nod from you, even though I can't see you. And even though it's kind of effed up to be nodding your head to somebody who's on your computer or on your phone, you know, you're going to probably get a random drug test today. But I really believe they limit you. Why in the hell would you ever send an email to a potential client that, you know, is a breakup email? And I'm sorry, I really should back up for a minute i'm assuming that you know what a breakup email is right but a breakup email is basically these emails and there's all different ones where it's kind of like you know i've tried to reach out and i've tried to reach out to you and you know if i don't hear back from you then i'll assume you're not interested or whatever and there's different versions of that which we're going to get into in a second but that's the gist of it you know or like in the subject line this is the last email you'll get from you see when i get them i'm like hey great Awesome, thanks. You just made my job easy, right? I mean, look, I, just, I just don't understand that. And you're sending them to people that you really haven't met with. And the reason why I don't like them, well, again, aside from being typical, in case I didn't mention that one 10,000 times, and aside from them limiting your options, I, I feel like they closed the door. Right, I mean, they just closed the door. And speaking of closed the door, and this is a different way of putting it, I think once and for all, we all have to agree that it's time to put this whole tactic of closing, quote-unquote, closing the file out of its misery. I heard that approach. I'm not kidding you. It had to be 25 years ago, and I remember... About 25 years ago, I had heard it so many times then, I was like, this is terrible. It's just too much. It's it's just, I mean, people think that this is new and exciting, and it's 25 years later. And people are still using it. Now, when you go and and the close the file approach is something like, you know, hi, Jane, you know, I've reached out to you several times. I haven't heard from you. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and close the file if I don't hear from you. And that's, you know, it's kind of like a shit or get off the pot approach. And I'm going to say something right now that might offend you. And uh, wouldn't be the first time on this podcast. Sure as heck is not going to be the last time. But this closing the file thing, threatening me to close the file, I, I my response to that is, who gives a shit if you close the file? I don't care if you do that. You know, unless you have some kind of technology that can shrink me down, you're going to put me in the file and slam it shut and squish me? I don't think you have the technology or the steady hand to pull that shit off. I really don't. But let's just say you do. Then I might care. But, like, threaten me with something legit. Like, like, like you're going to beat the hell out of me if I don't get back to you. I'm not saying you do that. You know what? You're going to let the, airs out, the air out of my tires. You're going to give me a wedgie in front of the whole sales community, right? You might get my attention, but close the file? Are you kidding me? How, how could you possibly think that anyone would give a shit about you closing a file? Like, oh, please don't close the file. <laughs> I'll be good. I'll respond to you. I promise. Pinky. promise. I mean, it's just yeah, sometimes we got to just listen to ourselves and just, uh, damn, it's pathetic. So what would be better than doing this, this god-awful breakup thing? I think you should use a little something-something I like to call the cool-down-heat-up technique. Cool-down-heat-up technique. As the name implies, we're going to cool it down. Step back. Pretend it's a relationship. Hey, man, need a little space. Going to just, you know, we're going to just get it back to neutral. And what you do is you just shut up and you stop contacting them for a little while. And seriously, don't call them, don't email them. Now you're not going to write them off. You're not going to close the file. You're not going to. You're not going to just. i say you're dead to me now. That's it. Not going to do any of that nonsense. Just going to let it cool down. And then the other part of it is you heat it up. Let some time go. I don't know. Let let like one full quarter go. Or like, you know, let half a year go. I mean, it could be a few, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I sure as hell wouldn't wait two weeks to do it. It's like, come on now, right? I mean, you know, six, seven weeks or whatever. But let it cool down and then start heating it up again. Give it a little break. That's a better approach than breaking up with them. Again, when you break up with a potential client, it's, you know, it's permanent. When you say, I, I will never contact you again. Why? Because they didn't get back to you. And that's something else I want to explain. And boy, am I about to get myself in trouble for saying this. Because I know some of you guys don't like it when I mention this. But when we're at the stage of the relationship where it's not even a relationship yet. Seriously. We're trying to create a relationship. I don't feel that we're owed a response. I'm not kidding you. It would be wonderful if they did. Really, I think it would be nice. Yes, I agree in common courtesy. But once again, you're someone that gets all these calls, all these emails, and then you got all your own stuff to do. Then thanks to the pandemic and people getting laid off, you're doing the work. Now, if, you know, an extra person, extra two people, you got enough things you're just trying to fight to survive, and then you got to worry about getting back to people, you know, that you have no relationship with. So you're not owed anything, and I know that might bother you. I'm not saying it to offend you. I'm not saying it's right, but to act all indignant and get butthurt because somebody isn't getting back to you that doesn't even have a relationship with you, to me, I just think it's, it's burning energy you know, needlessly. I think that energy would be best served somewhere else, and I, I wouldn't waste an email breaking up with someone. Again, better approach, cool down. Heat up Brings us to the third and final one. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know this has got to be on the list because I probably hate these more than breakup emails. If you could imagine such a thing, you ready? The third thing that I believe that does the third tactic, if you will, that does more harm than good would be bump emails, also known as bubble emails. I've been hearing a lot of bump slash bubble emails emails so what is a bump slash bubble email uh you've probably seen them many of you have used them what it is and there are apps that you could buy for this there are uh, chrome extensions that you could use and you could use it with your email and basically what you can do is you could take an email that you had sent to someone you could set through this app or the or, or the extension and a day and time for that email to send again from your send file and that in turn brings it up that's why they're saying bump it kind of bumps it to the top of their inbox and you're of course going to put a, a message in there of some sort and usually what uh what the message is for a lot of people just wanted to you know uh bump this to the top of your email or um any thoughts about this or whatever, and. It just, um, and, and a lot of people use this. And again, it's one of those things that is typical. You see, your job as a sales rep is to be anything but typical. You don't get, we love to tell people, hey, I'm going to be different. You know, you got, you printers are a dime a dozen. You sales trainers, man, try coming into my world. You sales trainers are a dime a dozen. Yeah, but I'm different. You printers are all the same. Yeah, but I'm different. You insurance agents are all the same yeah but i'm different see we say shit like that but then our actions contradict that by doing the same things as everyone else so if you want to be you know looked upon as someone who is different then you got to act differently right don't just tell people you're different you got to demonstrate it every step of the way so You know, well, again, I mentioned before, I don't want to keep going on about it being typical. I think they're very needy. But more importantly, I think there's zero value to that email. I mean, again, like, why would you continue sending me the same shitty email that I didn't respond to before? Yes, there are times that people don't respond because they're simply too busy. But more often than not, yes, they're busy. But there was nothing about that email that made them say hey wait time out man this is interesting this is something i I gotta speak more with paul about it sales training oh man i I gotta get on the phone and talk to this guy about becoming my sales coach or getting his ass in here and doing a keynote speech or a sales kickoff right there's nothing about it that makes people want to do that more often than not so you know it's just uh i think that Again, rather than just go on about how shitty I think those emails are, let me tell you what a better approach would be. I mean, I would create different flavors to your email, right? I mean, seriously, have different flavors. Like, one flavor you can have is sent. See, every email doesn't have to be, hey, I want to sell you something. Or, hey, I want to get on a call, have a discovery call, so ultimately I could sell you something. Or, hey, I want to, you know, schedule a demo with you, so I could sell you something, You know, think about a courtship and how lame that courtship would be if you kept going to the same place, having the same exact date, the same exact conversation, right? I mean, it would just be just boring in no no amount of time, right? It would just instantly be there. So think about maybe sending a resource along. No strings attached. Invite them to something. Right? Let me go back on that resource thing. And I just caught myself doing something that I, I swear I really want to do. There's a lot of phrases and stuff that uh, sales trainers use and then never really tell you what the hell it is. And even though that you know what it is, um, it doesn't help to just say the same stuff that all the sales trainers are. You know what I mean? Like, you got to offer, you got to provide value. Wonderful. I agree with you. You got a head knot, but like, what the hell does that mean? And how do I do it? So I just kind of, made a mistake there Then I want to catch myself. I said, send a resource. Well, what do you mean by that? There's different types of resources. I break them down um, as a few different types, right? And first of all, you have brand agnostic types of uh, resources, really, that have nothing to do with you and your company, just something helpful, right? But I I would just break it down into two, right? I'm just going to simplify it. Um, Resources that um, are created, meaning something that you and your company maybe came up with, like maybe you guys came up with a guide for something. Maybe the resource is you guys are doing a webinar to educate potential buyers. Um, It could be, you know, in my case, I came up with um, a how to hire a sales coach guide. In fact, anybody wants it. Uh, feel free to shoot me an email, paul at your sales playbook.com. I'll be happy to to email it to you. So that would be created. Now curated, right, is the second type, curated resource. It's something that, well, I didn't come up with it, um, but it would be very helpful to you. Like perhaps maybe there's a podcast out there that I think would be very helpful to you and your company. Maybe it serves your industry and I want to, you know, Provide that to you. Maybe there's some kind of um, an online calculator for something to help you uh, determine something with your budgeting or something like that. Um, one of the things that I did back when the pandemic first really started to hit, you know, at least started to impact us here in New York, uh, the end of March 2020, shortly thereafter, I sent out a resource to everyone. Um, that came out from, you know, PayPal, showing people how they could actually finance their training, right? There's a really cool thing that PayPal does that a lot of people don't know about. So, I did that as a resource. So, created and curated, right? Could be a cool website, could be a trade association or a mastermind group or something like that so that's one of the things that you can do you could um, you could also facilitate an introduction between your potential client and someone maybe that could buy from them or someone that could help help them not necessarily sell them but just you know maybe you noticed that they were really upset about something and they were venting online and like wow they really should meet this person they could help them with that I can't help them with that but this person could. Right? Maybe you could send them an email simply giving them a heads up about something that would be good for them to know, right? You don't know, maybe something going on in the industry. Or, you know, sharing a case study or whatever. So, you know, instead of a bump slash bubble email, you could do any one of those things now. Right? As we wind this podcast, this episode down, I'll also tell you, I mean, if you don't know what kind of email to be sending, you absolutely should check out the resource that I'm about to talk about because I actually have 10 emails with the templates that you could add to your arsenal so that you could start changing it up. And the reason why I think it is so important that you change up the flavor of your emails is because one of the things we've seen that, you know, since uh, since the pandemic has started is that sales cycles have gotten quite a bit longer. We've also seen that uh, responsiveness has gone down 40%. And by the way, LinkedIn put out, um, I guess, a paper or a study, if you will, called The State of Social Selling. And that's where I got that number from. I didn't want really you just think... He's just making shit up, right? Now, um, responsiveness down 40%. And by the way, it wasn't so good before that. And now we just took a 40% hit on an already shitty set of circumstances. So if you'd like to learn more and check out this email resource that I have for you, it's actually an email program. You could download it, have all the templates, the tactics, subject lines as well. I want you to visit YourSalesPlaybook.com. Slash ten emails, your sales playbook doc. Incredible week ahead. Go get them.